This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, how the heck you doing here on a Tuesday? Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. One Bills Live, back in the saddle. Good to be back after a little hiatus there. Um, I'm not going to lie, I had to get out of the weather. Yeah. I had to do it. I couldn't uh, couldn't take it anymore. You really missed out because we had six hours of sunshine over the weekend. You, didn't, well, you had no part of it, so. Yeah, <laughs> I think I did all right on the sunshine quota, yeah, but no yeah. Doubt. It was good just to get out of the weather a little bit. I missed the earthquake, though. Wow. Yeah. How about that? That was a real thing. Yeah. I, we had- I mean, I saw some footage online and stuff because I was checking. You know, I got cameras at my house. So I was like, oh, let me check the house. Like, what's going was there, on? Did anything tipped over or anything? Any noticeable? No. It was. Ba- I mean, I'm was- in La- Lancaster, and what was it? West Seneca was yeah, the you Yeah, you were closer than I was. Like, probably, well, maybe. Probably like eight miles. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. We, it looked like it was one big bang, though. It came through like that, yeah. It came through like that, and it sounded to me, and I said this yesterday, it sounded like a big explosion off in the distance because yeah. you heard it. And, he, you know, you're a, what was that? Yeah. It was, you couldn't, like, I guess some people did miss it. Like, my son was on a, a bike or a Peloton or whatever, so he he didn't feel it, okay. didn't f- go through. Like so, there was a ways you could miss it depending on how far away you were and what the situation was in your house. But if you were like, it was six fifteen, six sixteen in the morning, yeah, shake you, you out of bed, laying in bed. Yeah, you couldn't miss it. Mm. You couldn't miss it. Yeah, I mean, uh, from the footage I saw, it looked like it was just one really, like maybe there was some rumbling, but then there was a bang, like a. Yeah. And I, the the tweet that I laughed at when I was cruising around social media to find anybody that had footage, <laughs> this guy says, you know you live in Buffalo when you have an earthquake and you think, was that the snowplow? Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> Did right. Did the snowplow hit thing. somebody's mailbox or a tree what or happened? a lamppost? It sounded like, sound like a plow or something. Yeah. Uh, we And we've all been there. I mean, uh, yeah. So it's <clears throat> that's true. So you knew something happened. Yeah. I said I was looking for a fireball. I thought a plane went down or a gas truck oh, wow. went off. Yeah. Uh, you know, the you know, the end of the world coming, you know, off in the distance. I don't know. It, it was it was it was too big to be ignored. Yeah, too big to be. Ignored. But it was 
it was fast, right? You're talking what, ten seconds? N- not even. Yeah. For me, it felt like it was three, two or three, yeah, tops. And it because, like I said, it was a, it was like felt like an impact. So it was gone. Yeah. Um, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. It was, you know, but it was. And I think we have a seismology center over at UB. Like, yeah, yeah. So they probably measured that. What right was the quick. final number? Somebody three point eight, was, I think. San, Canada said it was four point two. We said it was three point eight, something in there. But it was, and it was. Well, they do use the, the metric system, so yeah, well, it's the exchange rate. <laughs> the the from what I've heard, they're also all the people the geology community is thinking is because of the Turkey earthquake that sent rumbles around oh, the world, like literally through the a, earth to the other side, or, or around the around the oh, crust, you like, know, a, like a like, like a, a ripple. Yes, like a ripple effect. Uh, I saw an animation of where the seismologies, the what are the seism, seismographs were stationed throughout. The world, and it, you could see the wave come across at the time. No kidding! Wow! And it was so the it was a big, and if you haven't seen it, it's pretty horrific what happened. Oh in Turkey. yeah, it is. Um, it's bad, and I, it's it was a horrible Those tragedy. Building collapses are, but awful. it was a result of that, and it was you know that we, makes sense. We got our part of it. That and makes that's, sense because you see tsunamis, you know, yeah. for and the we're ones not even on the edge of a fault here, you know. Not to my knowledge. No, I mean, there, may, there, there may be a there small be one, one up, here. up here, but not not like the San Andreas or something. Oh no, about. no, but. You know, so it was. It would take something like that to have that happen here. Taking me back to my days of earth science and plate tectonics. Remember earth you, science? Look at you, plate tectonics. Oh, I can't tell you anything else after that. There was a. There was I a, remember what it was called. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, but that's, you know, where we're at. So yeah, but it, you did miss that. I did. Were you in the air, like flying back? No, or did you no. Just not I feel was. It down uh, there? I was. Yeah, I, that was. What was that, Sunday or Monday morning? It's Monday, yesterday, yesterday morning. morning. Yesterday yeah. morning, yeah. Yeah, I was still on the ground. But, yeah. Yeah. That, oh, was, uh, that was wild. Wild, wild, wild. Because you, you don't have that here very often. That was, you missed it. I'm trying to think. Like, I want to say there was one, like a little minor shaker, like 15, 20 years ago or something. But I'd I'm be hard-pressed to remember exactly if that's right or not. I don't know why that's sticking in my head, but... I could be completely off on that. When I was a teenager, I remember I got shook out of bed down on Long Island, and that was a longer one. That was like 15, 20 seconds. Like my lamp on my nightstand was shaking, and yeah. it was rattling, and that's how I was. And then the bed's kind of going like shaking a little bit. Um, that was the only one I've been through. So yeah. certainly not like those major ones they have out west. So they can, and they can have them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need any of that stuff. <laughs> You can have all of that. I'll take the snow here any day of the week. You can have your tornadoes, your earthquakes, your mudslides, your hurricanes. I'll take the snow any day of the week. Um, so, yeah, but crazy that it happened because it doesn't, as we said, it doesn't happen that often around here. Earlier this morning, Jesse Pagula, daughter of Terry and Kim Pagula, the pro tennis player, had a written kind of like an open letter type thing on the Players' Tribune. We've seen Dion Dawkins participate in that space. Jordan Poyer was very open about his alcoholism uh, on the, in that space. And so Jessica Pagula put together a piece that said, I want to talk to you about my mom. And it basically outlines all of the um, progress that Kim has made since she unfortunately sustained... Uh, 
cardiac arrest, and just some amazing details provided by Jesse, you know, because the the family, understandably, has chosen to keep things private, but Jesse felt she had to get this off her chest, and, I mean, it was it was very well written, very well laid out, not only in terms of what has happened to their mom, but I think more importantly, I thought it very effectively encapsulated what the family has been dealing with for almost a year now, um, right. just with Kim's recovery and everything that's been involved in that. So just some really telling things that just make you feel the yeah, weight of what I they've know. been dealing with. I've had conversations with, uh, I had a conversation with Terry about, you know, some of the things that it, when you, and let's face it, Kim and Terry, you know, bought the bills, bought the sabers, and you get a lot of things when you buy a business, sometimes you get a lot of stuff you don't sign up for. And one of the things you don't sign up for is that um, people, right or wrongly, whatever your, whatever your position is on, and I'm not going to take sides now, but they think like you're kind of public property. And the thing that they forget is how much of a family the Pagulas are. Uh, they're great. Um, Kim, Terry, their kids, they've all been great. And they, and they, when you get to, you know, when you get in behind that, they're a loving family and they wanted to handle this like a, a family wants to. They, they don't want everybody to know what's going on. They didn't want ever, you know, to be a public conversation. And it took months and months before, you know, Jesse felt like she was in the position and the fa- I'm sure she, you know, got the blessings from her family to, you know, to let everybody know what had happened and and kudos to them for handling it as well as they have but um i i feel i've we all feel for them uh so happy to know that kim is on the mend and uh that there are better days ahead for all of them and and we wish their be- their family the best because that's yeah and that's i guess my point is that you forget that they're a family and they're not celebrities they're not public figures really per se they're they own a very prominent business so uh, the things you get for you get sometimes and you, that you don't sign up for aren't all that attractive sometimes and they've handled it extremely well so good to them good for them we'll continue to keep them in our prayers and and kudos to them for how they have handled this from from now starting right to finished and we, finished. you know among the details that we found was uh kim's other daughter kelly essentially performed cpr on kim um which was, I mean, basically Jesse credits her sister with, you know, saving her mom's life. It's just, it's dramatic, dramatic stuff. I mean, it was a heavy read, um, you know, and Kim is is dealing, as Jesse points out, with aphasia, expressive aphasia, which is when cognitively you know everything that's going on, whether you're having a conversation with somebody or you're interacting with another person, but the words don't always come to you to express whatever response you have in mind. So it's not considered a cognitive problem. It's a language problem. And, you know, that's what she's been working on from what we understand based on what Jesse has said in terms of, you know, getting back to a place where, you know, she can, you know, conduct conversations like she always has, Um, you know, whether, She'll ever get to that point, you know, will remains to be seen. I guess the best news is that she's making daily and weekly progress. So we 
wish her the best on that course and uh, hope she does get to uh, her goal, which is probably carrying on conversations just as she always had. So our best wishes again to the family uh, on that as they're, you know, this is anytime a family's dealing with a health issue, it always weighs on you heavily, which, which is what struck me. You know, Jesse mentioned one thing when they say one day in the hospital equals a week to recover. That is no joke. And she's talking about everybody that's dealing with the sick person or the unhealthy person. It's the other family members that are there supporting that person that are mentally and physically exhausted. Just from stress, worry, time spent, you know, sleeping in a chair in, in a hospital room. That's the stuff that wears out the people that are trying to be there for their family members. So that's why I felt. You know, Jesse did such a good job encapsulating everything. Yeah, and as yeah, and as uh, as we've said, um, now at least, and because there's been a ton of people, you know, sending their thoughts and their prayers uh, to the Pagula family. Now uh, uh, they can know the details and be more specific in those thoughts and prayers. So good. Uh, so we're all in a better spot, maybe perhaps today than we were. Right. So, again, as Steve said, you know, we continue to pass our well wishes on to the Bagula family, not just Kim, but all those people that have been carrying this, like Jesse, um, which is why she had to get it off her chest, and we totally understand why. And just amazing the year that she's had in tennis despite all of this. Is that unbelievable? That's, she, it's unbelievable. It happened right when she cracked the top ten. She climbed all the way to number three uh, during this time. So that's been awesome to see. It's made me a tennis fan so um she's been she's been thriving and doing well in the midst of a great hardship um that's tough to say but much like much like the city of buffalo has so it's well yeah and you know that's what that's what brought it all full circle for the pagula family when the damar hamlin thing happened because it was pretty comparable to what they experienced in their own family Mm -hmm. and now it happens in the extended family with damar i can't imagine um, what was running through Terry Pagula's head that right. night in, in Paycor Stadium in Cincinnati. It's got to be crazy. So, yeah, the good news is both parties are on the mend. So we just hope that continues going forward. Uh, we want to get to NFL news and notes, so we go around the NFL now, which is presented by Kaleida Health, the official health care system of the Buffalo Bills, And we begin with the Minnesota Vikings, Steve, who now have a new defensive coordinator in Brian Flores, now a former Steelers defensive assistant and former Dolphins head coach. I think this is a good hire for Minnesota. They needed help on defense, Steve. That's the thing that cost them their season. They they were 31st in total defense, 28th in points allowed. You can say what you want, and and, and may be true. They didn't have, you know, great personnel, but – I don't think they had thirty-one, the thirty-first worst defensive roster in the league. Mm. You know, certainly they they weren't the Philadelphia Eagles or the San Francisco Forty ers or even the Buffalo Bills, but they were better than thirty-first in the league. That was pretty bad. And so, Brian Flores, who is a highly respected leader and a defensive mind and former head coach, obviously of the Dolphins, is going to go there. That's I think that's a great hire from Minnesota, great hire for Minnesota. With Flores taking that job as defensive coordinator with the Vikings, it takes him out of the job for the Cardinals head coaching post, which 
now is down to two candidates. It's essentially Giants OC Mike Kafka and Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. So those are the only two guys left for that job. Yeah. Are we cheering for Anarumo to go to the, well, go to the conference? It would, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we are. He's a really good defensive coordinator, and you know, you're going to end up playing the guy if he's in the AFC with Cincinnati. Um, are you surprised, Browning, because I know we'll get to it in a minute, maybe we will, uh, that the Cardinals are still without a head coach, and so are the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, there is a part of me. This is not a usual time frame to get these guys hired. Yeah, there's a part of me that's wondering if there's someone from the two Super Bowl teams, staffs, that Arizona might be interested in, but I would have thought they would have interviewed him already. Yeah, who? I mean. I don't know. I mean. I mean. You can go down the um, Eric Bieniemy path again. I'm just throwing out names here. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. Could be anybody. Um, you know, the Eagles staff, I mean, there's people there. I, I, I was just wondering, like, what could be the holdup? And that, to me, might be one of the only things I can think of, that maybe there's somebody on one of those staffs that they want to talk to. And I'm not even familiar enough with down deep. My Eric Bannemi, we've heard been hearing about for a couple of years. I don't even know who on the Eagles staff. I don't even know their coordinators at this point um, to, to know who's been pl- doing Because I, I, I hate to say it, but I get it. Nick Sirianni's getting a lot of credit for what's going on in Philly. But, man, oh, man, they got some horses over there. Yeah, I mean, the D.C., Jonathan Gannon was mentioned in certain places. And he's a young guy. So, too, is their O.C., Shane Steichen, who was working in L.A. with the Chargers, then moved on to the Eagles with Sirianni. Um, I know their offensive line coach, Jeff Stoutland, has been interviewed for a couple of coordinator positions because he's only an offensive line coach slash run game coordinator. Um, But to my knowledge, you know, they're not hiring people away from Super Bowl teams. So... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who. I, it was just a guess because th- we're waiting a long time here, right? For this to come together, and I, you know, I'm sure there are other things that could hold it up. You could have something as simple as you know contract language. Maybe somebody's agreed to terms, and right. they're trying to cross T's and dot I's. That could be it. I know that you were always curious about whether or not Arizona could lure an offensive coach to come in to work with Kyler Murray. And right now you've got Kafka, the OC from the Giants, as the only offensive candidate. And then obviously Anarumo, who's, you know, a defensive-minded guy, as the other candidate. So, yeah, I. what are they waiting for? You got me. I don't know. I don't know uh, what's keeping them from finalizing that. And uh, there, and this, you know, fuel. I'm not saying it's the reason, but it fuels the speculation that I've made over the course of the last couple month or two that there are some guys who no thank you these jobs. Um, certainly, there's a, a, a certain level of guys who would take it at any what for any reason for at mm-hmm. any pri- right. They want it, they would love it, uh, but there's a lot of guys, you know, guys like Sean Payton who just took the Denver job. You could see a, a coach of his stature say no to something 
But I think that line drops down even into some pretty good coordinator spots where these guys say, I want to take a job where I can be successful in. Because if I go, I'm going to get a, yeah, I'm going to, you know, have this job for three or four years, and we're going to get, we're going to stink, and I'm going to be fired, and then, then what am I going to do? Take a step back. Yeah, yeah, then I'm going to take a step back, and then go, I'm going to be back to coordinating again or whatever. I think there's a number of, or at least at in, at any given point in the NFL. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It changes, obviously, from year to year where there's guys who will say, uh, I don't know, yeah. particularly the prominent candidates. I think, I mean, I, I realize this is kind of an obvious point, but I kind of thought all along, that the Cardinals were going to have to hire a first-time head coach because yeah. getting some of these veteran guys to say yes <laughs> to a, to what I see as a tenuous situation. Did you? Well, did you? I catch, just don't see it. Did you catch the Sean Payton remarks about Russell Wilson? Oh yeah. Let's see, so Russell Wilson here's a, Russell Wilson had an office <laughs> in the Broncos facility, and his personal coach. Was there now? I don't know whether the guy was a coach, coach, well, or whether he was an no, assistant. No, he wasn't on the staff. He or, came yeah, and no, go no, no, as no. he pleased. I know he was, he was said he was a coach, but I don't know whether he was a assi- personal assistant or whether he was a you know this guru, a mechanics coach He'll or work a nutritionist. After Who, practice, what do I care? If the, I don't even know if the guy was a nutritionist or what. He might have been, you know, I don't know. But he was in the building, and he was Russell. He was on Russell's pay, you know, payroll. Payroll, not. The Broncos payroll. So at his introductory press conference, Sean Payton was asked about Russ's personal coach. And he said, basically he said, yeah, that's not going to fly. I, that's, it's going to be us, our players, and our staff, and that's going to be all who's in the building. So Sean Payton just fired Russell's entire staff. <laughs> well, at least he's preventing access to the building. So The, the guy I, will not be in the building. So we heard some – Stuff this last season when Russ, you know, you know, he had fewer touchdown passes than bathrooms in his new house. We heard, you know, that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Um, so Russ, what Russ was flexing a little bit in the building, I think. And Sean Payton's coming in saying, "No, that's that's yeah, not we're not gonna, doing we're that. not doing that," yeah. which is, I think, an 
absolutely proper and 100% correct move to make. Peyton's former team, the Saints, hired a new defensive coordinator in Joe Woods, who was fired at season's end in Cleveland. Woods, not a bad deal to walk into. He's inheriting a top-five defense that finished ninth in points allowed. Cleveland, the defense he coordinated, was 14th in total defense. And, you know, 12th against the pass, 20th in points allowed. Browns couldn't stop the run last year. They were 25th against the run, but that was also a problem in New Orleans. They were 24th against the run, not much better. Hard to know what that defense is going to look like, knowing the Saints are about $57 million over the cap. And I also read this. Head coach Dennis Allen is going to be calling the plays on defense. So the scheme remains, and Joe Woods comes in, and he's just going to be holding a clipboard. He's not even going to be calling the plays well, on defense. Well, he'll probably be – he's going to – listen, he's not going to be – he's going to be doing more than that. But, yeah, on game day, he probably will have a voice in what's going on but not be calling the plays. For instance, game planning is a vast – is a you know an ongoing yeah. process. He's going to be neck deep in that for sure. Right. And personnel decisions, all of that stuff. Uh, Dennis Allen, though, will be calling the plays. And that's I, – I get that. And I, I, I'm all about that. I think a head coach should be calling the offensive plays or calling the defensive plays. You know oh, why? Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Because, for instance, say – say this the way it is in, in Kansas City. Andy Reid, if he – if Eric Bieniemy is calling the plays and he, he gets all this credit for how good this offense is – Pretty soon, he's coaching the Arizona Cardinals or the Indianapolis Colts or the Carolina Panthers. Well, now you got to find another guy. But if your head coach is doing that, at least you have your play caller. Oh, Somebody okay. there who's who you're not going to get totally gutted. Your offensive coordinator goes there to coach. Your defensive coordinator goes there to coach. Now we were in the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl this year. Now we can't get back because i got to redo my, the top of my entire staff. So I'm, I'm all about having a head coach on game day having some important responsibilities so that you know the guy so that he doesn't lose those guys yeah to hires when when the team becomes successful so i'm i i see the value in that particularly in Kansas City where you got Pat Mahomes and you don't want that guy and we here the buffalo's done it now you can make the converse, the you can make the comment now people are saying well i don't know Ken Dorsey i don't know they listen they were better offensively this year than they were last year Against a harder strength of schedule. Against a much more difficult strength of schedule and more injuries. So you can say what you want about you don't like Ken Dorsey, you think he should be fired, it, that, 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 how the season ended and all that stuff. You can say what you want. They were better this year than they were last year. They were number two scoring, number two total, total points, number two scoring, number two, number two yards get, and they were the best team, number one team on third down. You say whatever you want. They were better this year than they were last year. That doesn't always happen. And you may not like the way it looks. Well, especially with the you first not, time play caller right, coming in. Right. You may not like the way it looks. You think, wow, they should have been better. They should have been Listen, they were, they were better than they were the year before in their rankings and in a lot of ways. So you, you may not like it to hear it, and you may be bummed about it, but Ken Dorsey did a really nice job, and he's still here. Which is good, but what happens when, now? You got to do it again. Now, what's going to happen? Joe Brady going to move up again? You're going to, you know, pretty soon you run out of guys who have the continuity and the and the experience to help Josh. Yeah. So this year they they got away with it, and if you want to say it that way, 
and losing a great coordinator like Dayball. But it doesn't always happen like that. Yeah, you may be right. Maybe maybe uh, you know Philly and Kansas City are going to get pillaged after the Super Bowl with these hires, with these two head coaching hires that are still out there. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. But the still simple fact of the matter is, you know, it's a bit, it's a thing. The staffs are vastly important in the NFL, and if you keep having to replace guys at the top, man, it's a problem. So I like that having defensive guys like Doug Allen in New Orleans. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, there is more coaching news that just happened. Former Panthers interim head coach Steve Wilkes is expected to become the new defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. They had a vacancy, obviously, when D'Amico Ryans left to become the head coach of the Texans. So Steve Wilkes will be the new D.C. in San Francisco. He actually has been a head coach in his previous coaching career. He was the one-and-done guy in Arizona right after they drafted Josh Rosen and then was summarily dismissed after one season, and Cliff Kingsbury came in and really didn't have a whole lot more success. So it looks like Wilkes will be going to San Fran to work under Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers. That's a heck of a defense to inherit. That's not a bad gig. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I know they got to pay Nick Bosa this off season. I'll say this though too. I mean, it's you're going to get scrutinized because they were really good, yeah. and they better be really good this year, or it's on you. You know what I'm saying? There right. better be some. Fairly, and they were number one, so there's right. only one place they can go. You better be. There better be some really obvious reasons other than you that they don't live up to the number one defense again next year. Mm-hmm. You better have some real solid, tangible reasons that everybody can see, or you're going to get the blame for them dropping in the rankings. But there's no better, you know, you don't have a, nobody's got a cupboard that's more, that's more full than yours is. Yeah. Walking into that, so I'll see. We'll see. I, but yeah, that's. I think that comes with a lot of pressure. A lot like Ken Dorsey's pressure coming in with Brian Dayball this year. He did well, right? And an all-world quarterback. Uh, Topic of discussion today concerns that quarterback, Josh Allen. What do you believe is the most effective way to take the load off Josh Allen next season? I think there's a lot of people, fans and outside observers alike, who would claim that there is too much on Josh Allen's plate and too much of the offensive burden falls on him too much of the time. Just look at his rushing yards as one example. So in your eyes, what is the most effective way roster wise for the bills to take the load off Josh Allen next season? You tell us at 803-0550-1888-550-2550, the number to get on board, got an open line for you there, or you can hit us up on the tweet sheet at one bills live. We've heard, you know, we have Greg Cosell on here on a weekly basis during the season, Steve. And he says, he said it more than once. He feels that the offense is too Josh-centric and too much of the burden is on him to make it all work every single week, no matter the circumstances. Yeah. And I think he's got a point. And, you know, I think that's why a lot of us feel like the team's got to go all in on the offensive side of the ball this offseason to kind of surround him with a little bit more to work with. We We had this conversation, too, that, in the AFC Championship game, Mahomes and Joe Burrow 
Mahomes almost set records. He was 91% of their offense. Uh, so if you've got that guy, which the Bills do, the Chiefs do, the Chargers do, the Bengals do, uh, you can go down the list. You got to. I think you got to ride that horse, and you got to expect him to be that guy. Now, if you can make him, give him help, no question, it's going to help. I mean, it's yeah, going to take it easier, for make him. it easier for him. And a, a lot of things point towards it. The rules are slanted towards that side of the ball. They officiate towards that side of the ball. That position gets a ton of protection where you don't have to worry about getting clotheslined two steps after the ball's left your hand. They protect it. Um, Everything says that if you've got that guy, it should be easy for him. And it didn't seem like that for Josh this year. It seemed like it was at times, it was like, man, give the guy a little help. You know, do a little something. Somebody do something. So I think that's where a lot of Bills fans kind of find themselves at different times, maybe not all the time, but certainly at different times, Bills fans are like, well, man, man, don't, don't drop that pass, you know, <laughs> or hand we, the ball. Can hand we help it, him out? Can you hand it to him instead of letting Josh run for the fourth and one? Can you hand it to somebody else? That kind of thing. So um, that's where we're at today with the question. Yeah. What, what do you, how would you do it? Yeah. Most effective way to take the load off of Josh next season not saying you're going to have him take a back seat. He's still going to be the driving force of the offense. But how do you make things a little easier for him with respect to the roster? You let us know at 803-0550. We take a break here, but we're back with your phone calls and your tweets next. Here on One Bills Live, presented by Collida Health, this is Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you as we are discussing what you think the most effective way to take the load off Josh Allen next season might be. Um, plenty of ways to do it. And Steve and I kind of gave us gave our initial feelings earlier before we went to break. We want to know what you think at 803-0550, Open line for you there. But we go to the phones now, and leading us off is Dan in Glenwood. What do you got for us, Dan? You're on One Bills Live. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. So I was going to say what we needed to add was two simple words, reliable targets, but I want to go one step further and say push the chips to the middle of the table and go all in on reliable targets for Josh. Don't just do it in the draft um, because McDermott's kind of shown he's afraid to eat players as an integral part of the offense. We still don't know what we have in Khalil Secure. Um, and we can't count on 100% free agency we're going to be able to get, but come right. at it from all fronts. So, Darnell Washington, that six foot seven tight end out of Georgia, you know, in the draft. Yeah. Um, the, there's been reports the Chargers are going to move on from Keenan Allen due to cap space. Maybe he'd be willing to take a, a more team friendly deal, somebody like that. So, why don't you give me a number, Dan, in turn? So, reliable targets plural but what would be a sufficient number for you and you can lump receivers tight ends all together what would be a total over under number you'd be looking at to satisfy you uh, new additions correct three okay you would need uh, like like i said maybe one from the draft to get some youth one free agent wise but you'd have to have one other one to compensate for injuries or busts and then you hope one of the other pieces we have turns the corners. We do have something in uh, Shakir 
it clicks for Gabe Davis. Knox becomes just a little bit more defendable, something like that. Gotcha. Three gotcha. additions. So there is that you think uh, one of the additions out of the three you're talking about are already on the roster, but you got to find them and develop them. I would hope either way. Um, yeah. If they're not, if it's not Shakir, if it's not Davis, then maybe there was an underrated lower cost free agent acquisition we made in addition to uh, right. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, uh, Keenan Allen. Uh, I think. Is, uh, is T. Higgins uh, going to be a free agent, or is he in a contract year or something with Cincinnati? Uh, no. He is the same as Joe Burrow, so I think he has a year left on his original rookie deal. As you know, after year three, if the quarterback's shown up, they sign him sooner rather than later to a monster extension. They're probably going to have to wait on Higgins another year, and if they don't pay him, then he'll hit free agency next year. Yeah, but he's not an option for next season. Yeah, no, probably not. No. Somebody like that. We we can't afford multiple big names, but you, you would hope you could get a big name and a promising draft prospect and then maybe a bargain free agent signing and or one of our guys we currently have in the roster clicking. So we would need three total out of that. Yeah. All right. Good call, Dan. Thanks for it. 803-0550, number to get on board, one 888 we move along and we go to Mark in West Seneca next. What do you got for us, Mark? Hi, guys. Uh, Chris, welcome back. You're missed. Thanks. Um, I think everybody is going so crazy over uh, – I got two, two things I wanted to real, mention real quick. What we need to do on offense to help Josh. And then I just wanted to make a comment on um, always talking about where our, we, we rank statistically, offensively and defensively. So real quick, I believe – with Diggs, Davis, um, Knox, what the role that Cook is going to have next year, I think Morris is a more than serviceable other option at tight end. He can help a lot. I think you got Shakir, and if they add one more a wide receiver in the first round, somebody that has the potential to be dynamic, if they can find him where they're going to be drafting from, I think. And, and then you uh, re-sign Crowder. I think you may be okay. I think we really need to invest in the offensive line. I would like to see first-round wide receivers, second, third-round offensive linemen, and then pick, try to bring in a couple of uh, veteran guys on the offensive line for a reasonable amount of money if they could. I really think you serve, you, you, you really help your offense a lot by really solidifying that offensive line. Um, and I think we can't overlook that because we're so in search of weapons. So that's the first thing I'd like to say. The other thing I'd like to say really quick is we always point to the standings of where our offense and defense finishes up. We're top five offense. We're top five defense, blah, blah, blah. And as significant as that is and as important as that is, it's reflective of the regular season. And we look at the end of the year where we get eliminated in the division and AFC playoffs the last three years, and if you look at our performances of our offense and defense, three out of those years, defensively, we were no, nowhere near up to a top-five defense if you look at the production and how we played. And two of those three years was the same thing offensively. My point is this. We can't overlook uh, the performance of what's going on at the end of the year when the competition gets great because we do so well during the, offense, uh, during the regular season. We can't let that overshadow it. We need to make hard decisions and find out where the disconnect is 
between how we perform regular season and playoffs. And obviously the competition is a lot harder, mm-hmm. so you're not gonna, maybe not going to perform as well, but we can't have a drop-off like we've had for three years now. So, yeah, I get you, and that's good. It's a point well made, Mark, and I get it um, about particularly about the rankings and how they're at the end of the season. I've said a lot, and you know nobody really wants to hear it, but the Bills, their roster, their players, their coaches have been good enough and talented enough to win the Super Bowl for the last three years, and they haven't gotten it done on those crucial days. You get they got close. They got to the thirteen second mark to get to the AFC Championship game, which would have been in Buffalo. They got to the AFC Championship game against Kansas City, and Kansas City, admittedly, played their best game of that season in twenty twenty against the Bills in the championship game. Um, you have to play well. You're right. Statistics don't matter. You got to play well on game day in the playoffs, or you lose. And the Bills have been a victim of that uh, over the last three years, that final game. They haven't played well enough. You can say what you want about a 13-second game. They still gave that team, let them off the hook. And they went to the AFC Championship game and hosted it. Uh, they subsequently lost it, but you've got to know that the Bills, it would have been a different game against Cincinnati. Maybe the Bengals would have beaten the Bills in Buffalo like they did the Chiefs in Kansas City, but you surely, surely would have loved to have a swing at that. You're right. You got to play well on game day in the playoffs. All the stats you've accumulated, all the good things that you've done through the year, don't mean anything on that game because you got to play. Um, and you're playing usually, or at least in a couple of, you play a team that you haven't seen for a long time. Now it would have been different in Cincinnati because of the Monday night game and the way, fact that it didn't happen. But it, it didn't happen. So you're right. That's a problem. Um, and I'm willing to listen to. Although we were here in the exact same spot last year with Diggs, Davis, Knox, Morris, um, McKenzie, um, and at that time as Hodgins was here, we had all these guys, hey, somebody's going to, these guys are going to be good. You know, Davis ended on a high note. Diggs is going to be good again. Knox is going to take another step forward. We, we're kind of right Knox there. Knox was coming off a nine-touchdown season. And, you're, and Mark, from West Seneca, you're saying you believe in him again. With Shakir and Cook added to that mix, you're, you're thinking that, that they, they are good. At, and I'm, I'm kind of with you. They, you better have some insurance. They though. scored a ton of points this year. They scored a ton of points this year and had a lot of yards. And you add Crowder to the mix, he was playing well. I went back and watched some games. Crowder was really helping before he broke his leg. Okay, well, he'll be back, and if you'd sign him back, that'd be great. But with Shakir and Morris, another year under their belt, yeah, maybe they will be helping a little bit more, no question about it. Um, I'm kind of with you at the bottom line. I think this offseason's about the offensive line, drafting those guys, getting them in free agency, if you can run the ball better with those guys up front, if you've got a little bit more dominant physical presence up in the middle and on the, at the tackles when those guys you know play well and stay healthy, yeah, everything changes for Josh and all those guys outside. So I'm kind of with you on that. I, I got to say, for most of that, I'm – yeah, I'm with you. I, I like yeah. the weapons we've got. They certainly scored enough points this last year to advance, and they – but okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Your second point is the one that's really relevant. Yeah, and I've You've said, got to do it in the playoffs. And I've said this before, too. The, the Chiefs are a team that's a couple of years ahead of the Bills in terms of their build, their roster build. And certain things come due in terms of expenditures and player salaries ahead of they're almost like a a look ahead for what the bills are going to encounter in a year or two they experienced that at the quarterback position with the large fat contract you know for the franchise quarterback and how you manipulate the roster after that and where you make sacrifices and where you invest and what did they do two years ago to invest they they made a trade for their left tackle orlando brown They signed Joe Tooney at the top of the market at the guard position in free agency, and they drafted Creed Humphrey in the first round. And now they have one of the best offensive lines in the league because of it. Uh, Where did they sacrifice? On the defensive side of the ball the very next year. They didn't re-sign Traverius Ward, a starting cornerback. They didn't bring back Tyran Matthew. They let him go to, to free agency. So there's a certain give and take that the Chiefs decided to make. They invested in their offense, in their line, and they replaced Tyreek Hill with a bunch of players instead of paying Tyreek Hill $30 million a year. They traded him away. The Bills are going to have to take that similar approach, I think, going forward, and the offensive line and the receiver position are two areas where that's going to have to happen. we got to take a break here, but more of your phone calls when we come back. What's the most effective way to take the load off Josh and make things easier for him next season? We take your phone calls Next segment, here again on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. This is Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, you got to tell us the most effective way to take the load off Josh Allen next season by roster or otherwise. You let us know, 803-0550. Back to the phones we go, and we go to Roslyn in Buffalo. What do you got for us, Roslyn? Hey, guys, how's it going today? Good. Good. I'm just calling you from North Buffalo. Guys, you know, I've been watching football a long time. And from my perspective, 
you know, we we drafted one of the best quarterbacks, Josh Allen, that we could have gotten in Buffalo. We really got lucky with him. From my perspective, he has not been given enough time for our place to develop. That kid is running for his life. And you hit the nail right on the head before we went to break. Kansas City did the right thing. They invested in their offensive line. You know, we don't need big name, you know, football players. You saw what they did. So why can't we do the same thing? And this has been going on for a couple of years. I mean, you know, yeah, we got Vaughn Miller. We invested in our defense, but we didn't invest in our offensive line. Yeah, we've got bigs. We've got, we've got all these guys. We don't need to create the wheel here. And then on defense, my comment on defense is, yeah, we do need help in our secondary. You know, I don't know what happened to the team. I mean, it just seemed like they ran out of steam. You know, at the end, yeah. you know, yeah, we we were hurt, but our guys came back. That Cincinnati game, when we found out that they had three players on their offense that weren't starters, we should have ran all over them. It seemed like we were in slow motion. Yeah, and they and you know the Bills very quietly. I don't know how many people. And thanks for the call, Rosalind. We got to jump here. Um, We've said this before, too. Yes, the Bengals were without three starting offensive linemen. The Bills were also without Daquan Jones in that game, who had played in every other game this season, logged the majority of the snaps at the one technique, and was probably the best run stuffer on the team. And then you had Jordan Phillips playing with one arm with a torn rotator cuff. So And Von Miller was out. And no Von Miller. So essentially you had three guys in the top six of their rotation for the Bills on the defensive side. Out, But your point about safety is well noted. I I think that was the missing link in the secondary. Not having Micah Hyde since week two. Jordan Poyer in and out of the lineup missing five or six games due to injury. Um, DeMar Hamlin was out. Um, And then DeMar Hamlin goes down. Jaquan Johnson had started in place of DeMar, and they made the switch. They moved to DeMar from Jaquan Johnson early on after the the injury. There were times where both of them had to play. Yeah. Week three. So you can make the case that – Jaquan was like the third guy that would have been in there. So, yeah, uh, the point's well taken. Yeah. And, and also, Steve, I think we kind of got spoiled a little bit with the way Poyer and Hyde have worked together for the better part of the last five seasons. I mean, they covered up a lot and neutralized a lot of potential disasters. I mean, they, def- they were diffusing bombs every week, but it was just they were so good at it. I think as onlookers, we almost took it for granted yeah, I, how effective they were in shutting things down. I think if you can I, – I, I know it's just a philosophical thing. I, if you can get more dominant offensively, you really put pressure on teams to keep up. And it's not easy to do, even if your defense is I, – I still think the secondary, when they're healthy, is going to be as good as anybody's. Um, but uh, – I think you put pressure on them from both sides of the ball, yeah. football, but I think often the, the league is slanted towards that side of the ball. You can't – I don't think you can be deficient on offense. I mean, look at the season that the Detroit Lions had and the Minnesota Vikings had. They were at the top of the conference with a chance to go with a defense that was statistically poor, mm-hmm. very poor, and yet they were ringing people up. I, 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 and one more than they lost. One more than they lost, and they did it with a roster that the preseason was thought to be 
middle of the road at yeah. best. So and and that's how the Lions finished up. But they're the Lions are man finish, they're the flavor of the month. They finished season, nine and eight the feet with the season they had. Yeah. The Minnesota Vikings, it's an old story for them, but. Their defense was nothing to write home about. Right, and they won 10 one-score games this year because their offense could finish at the end of football That's games. That's right. So I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I want the offensive line to be big, bad, and young <laughs> and cheap. A little, and, then, and a little nasty, and too. Because I, I like the guys they have on the outside. Certainly, we had more drops than we liked, but they had guys that were getting separation. They had every so often, you know, guys make really nice catches. Diggs is as good as there is. Davis, I, sometimes I thought maybe just needs some more opportunities. Shakir, same thing. Cook, same thing. You know, I, I, there's a lot there to like. And certainly the end of the season leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth. But I'm, I'm not going to – yeah, I'm, I'm not going to throw out a lot of really good football players just because the season ended on a sour note. Yeah. We have to take a break here, but when we return – we are going to be joined by NFL Network analytics expert Cynthia Freeland. She'll be joining us here in hour number two to break some things down for us, including the upcoming Super Bowl. Cynthia Freeland coming your way next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.